Hi, we're Lisa and Angie. Welcome to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. If you like what you see and hear, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends and family. We are all about building community. Cheers. Cheers. and Prosecco today. It's Britton Hudek. She is from my town where I live and one of the first people I met when I moved here. She is a social worker and a mental health and addictions advocate. She is so wise when it comes to ways to deal with big emotions like loss and grief and stress. And I'm just so excited to have her here on Pep Talks of Prosecco and chat with us today. She's an absolutely lovely human. And so I think we should just get right to our chat with Britton. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Britton, welcome to Pep Talks and Prosecco. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Angie. Cheers. Oh, that always just tastes so good on a Sunday and even better when we are hanging out with great friends. So, Britton, I'm just I'm so excited to have you on Pep Talks and Prosecco today. Um, I've known you for many years now. You're probably one of the first people I met when I moved to Melville, actually. And I've had the great pleasure of getting to know you, I think, both professionally and personally. And we are just so excited to have you on Pep Talks and Prosecco and talk a little bit about stress and mindfulness and um, loss and just all of all of the things that we do at a time when we're all dealing with some really big emotions. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited and obviously so honored to get to share some airtime with you ladies and talk about some pretty important things. Britain, this is going to be an episode that I know for certain is going to resonate with all of our listeners and our viewers as well. So I think it's really important that maybe we just start at the beginning and give everyone an opportunity to learn about your journey in becoming a mental health and addictions advocate. Yeah, so that journey started for me Uh, about 15 years ago, when I realized that I wanted to dedicate my career and lots of not just my professional energy, but my personal energy into working in the human service field and supporting people's understanding and guiding their attention towards their mental well-being, Um, whether it be diagnosed mental illness or taking care of your personal mental health uh, day to day. So I am a registered social worker. 
um, from the University of Regina. And I've had a pretty vast uh, set of experiences that have led me to where I am today, from working uh, overseas in the human service field to uh, remote Northern Saskatchewan, to where I have settled now in rural Southern Saskatchewan. So I, uh, something that uh, really guides my journey and is a principle in how I work is the idea that one simple conversation or a simple set of knowledge or new understanding can really change the trajectory of someone's mental well-being. Mm -hmm. So for me, every day, yeah, every day when I set forth uh, to work or even just uh, wake up in the morning, I think about how my ability to listen to someone or uh, be empathetic to their situation, uh, stand alongside them uh, through connectedness can change the trajectory of how they feel about themselves and their place in the world. I love that. You know, I recently heard you speak at a, at a conference, a virtual conference, Britain, and we talked a bit about loss and how we all kind of experience loss in, in some way, whether it be a loss, loss of a loved one or loss of a job. And I think even right now, um, I think many of us maybe are mourning the loss of what the world looked like before uh, we were in this pandemic. So I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about why processing these big emotions, the emotion of loss is so important. Yeah, and uh, I think you're so right when you say uh, we all experience loss in some respect, some big losses, some small losses, but collectively as families, as workplaces, communities, uh, as a global community, we are all experiencing uh, a sense of loss of something through the pandemic. Um, you know, loss leads to grief. Uh, grief is a huge emotion with incredible complexity. You know, there's lots of underlying uh, emotions in grief, anger, bitterness, sadness, mm. resentment, denial, um, you know, and those emotions, while they are so very important to feel, um, you know, last week, Kelly said in her chat with you guys, we need to feel the emotions. And that's so true. Um, and processing big emotions is so important. We need to feel them. But there's also the steps before that, recognizing mm -hmm. what we're feeling. So recognizing what we're feeling is loss, mm -hmm. that we are in sometimes a process of grief, um, accepting that for what it is, and then truly allowing ourselves to feel the emotion. Um, you know, that three-step process of recognizing, accepting, and feeling is ever so important. Uh, what happens when we deny ourselves the opportunity to feel grief or identify something as grief is those feelings can be, the, the feelings of anger, of um, denial, resentment, bitterness, these negative emotions can become like 
a toxin, or I often say it feels like a tar or a sludge. Mm. Um, if you've ever walked through a big mud puddle and it all dries on your pants, um, I think we've all done that. <laughs> and uh, it's <laughs> um, whether you're a child or an adult, it has happened. Um, and I think those negative emotions can become a tar or a crust, and they really start to impact who we are. They start to mm. impact how we interact with the people around us and how um, we interact with the world and our view of the world. So processing big emotions is so important. Um, yeah, there's, there's a complexity to it in uh, first being able to recognize those big emotions and be willing to admit that that's what we're feeling. Mm. I would suspect that sometimes uh, whatever the circumstance is or the experience or situation we're feeling lost about, sometimes I think uh, folks might attach shame or embarrassment that we're having that type of emotional reaction in that situation. So, you know, I share an example with you guys. Uh, my, I have a vibrant little five-year-old son <laughs> and in the fall, <laughs> Um, in the fall, he started kindergarten and I found myself feeling this sense of loss for the things as a mom, I wasn't able to do for my brand new kindergartner. And it felt, I felt embarrassed, like, oh, like you should feel lucky that he's actually able to attend school. Um, but it felt really uh, un um, disingenuine because I was denying myself the opportunity to say like, this sucks. I do feel upset. And this does feel like a loss to me. And so if I didn't accept that, it would have turned into a toxic bitterness or resentment mm -hmm. about the school experience rather than uh, a continued opportunity to still share in that experience. Oh, Britain, you have just um, made so many analogies. Like I just, even on the weekend, I was out for a walk and I got the muck on me. And as you were explaining that to me, I could just absolutely sense uh, all these emotions that truly feel like they are stuck on, on you. So I love that analogy. So I'm just wondering, like, do you have some tools or some additional strategies that you would be willing to share with us? Because when we do get stuck in the muck of all those big emotions, how do we break through and dust ourselves off so that we can start to experience positivity and hope and, and joy again? Like what are, what are some, some ways that we can do that and work through the muck? So working through the muck um, well, and in sticking with that analogy, really, it's acknowledging that we have muck all over us to start with. So the strategy that I use is twofold. Um, it's acknowledging that we're covered in muck and being okay with that. And then the next strategy that I use, uh, it's called radical acceptance um, uh, or rapid acceptance. So really this process is the process of saying to your 
yourself with your self-talk, right? Now I am willing to this set of facts in front of me. Not necessarily do I approve of them, but I'm going to accept them, um, acknowledge how I'm feeling, but I'm going to move on. So, you know, when thinking about that example of, you know, I, and I'm not sure why I got so stuck on, you know, my first day of school experience. And I had a lovely experience with my son. I was still able to walk him to the classroom and, and give him a little snuggle. Well, pushed me away and said, mom, don't do that. Um, but there was this experience in my mind that I was still grieving. And I had to tell myself, you are right. That wasn't what you wanted, but move on. Because that is the fact. The facts are our children are wearing masks. You know, there's protocols in place. You're not going to be a parent helper. So I had to accept that set of facts and move on. Um, and it really does feel inside quite drastic, like, oh, okay, that's what we're going to do. But the other option, if we don't accept the set of facts, is to wallow in the muck. Mm-hmm. So do we want to wallow in the muck? Or do we want to just accept the way it is and move forward? And when we talk about radical acceptance, this also helps us tolerate the level of distress we're feeling about a situation. And it helps protect us from keeping that pain uh, that we're feeling into turning, keep it from turning into deep suffering. Mm. So instead of those, that muck of feelings dragging with us day after day, uh, truly feeling like suffering, we can acknowledge the pain, but move on. And here's the great part. When we move on, it opens up opportunities for us to see things differently in a different lens and find joy where that muck otherwise would have covered it up. I've definitely done some wallowing in the muck. (laughs) I'm going to admit that right now. Yes. And I think we absolutely all have. I kind of think about radical acceptance as being um, for any sports fans, like the TSN turning point in a big game. It is that shift that takes you from wallowing to opportunity, feeling hope, feeling like you can do it. Um, and when we feel hopeful, we, our eyes are open to the good in a situation. Mm-hmm. Our eyes are open to that positive set of facts before us. It's just such a different mindset um, to move forward with. I think you make such an important point when you talk about how many of us try to prevent ourselves from feeling the suckiness or feeling those negative emotions. And so I just love, um, you know, embracing the suck, acknowledging that you have the muck on your pants and then moving on. I, I think that that's such an important strategy and tool because I don't think many of us do that because we feel shameful, as you said, so important, you know, another, Another feeling that, you know, or something that I think many of us experience in addition to loss or another big emotion that many of us experience is stress. 
the S word. The S I don't word. know. Yeah. The S word. <laughs> and you know what? I think you would agree that stress is a healthy emotion or it's a healthy feeling for us to experience at times. But um, sometimes, again, I think if we're going to continue to, on this same analogy, I think we can get stuck in stressful situations as well and wallow in, in, in the stressful times. And so I'm, we're wondering, do you have some strategies or some ways that um, you can help our community deal with stressful situations and maybe uh, implement some strategies that increase our mood and get us back to a more, a more mindful state? Absolutely. So, and you're so right. The, the muck can be lost. The muck can also be stressed. And uh, just further along that analogy, if you can imagine coming in the house with a pair of mucky pants and trying to go about your day, that muck would be everywhere. If you hugged your partner or your children, if you went to the kitchen, you are slopping that muck all over the place. And the same goes with stress. When we're carrying uh, high levels of stress with us, it's washing on to all the different aspects of our life. So coping and dealing with stress is so important. Um, again, for me, the, the uh, plan to deal with stress is twofold. So the first part of dealing with stress is really about knowing yourself, taking time to know for yourself what causes me stress, and which coping strategies work best when I'm stressed. So for me, if I've got a lot on the go at work, um, maybe some big projects, uh, big initiatives, and my brain is really full, feeling really stressed, I know that the strategy that works best for that is going on a long bike ride or going on a run. I know it's got to be physical activity to clear my brain out. Um, I know that for me, if stress is coming from a feeling of disconnection, uh, what's going to work for me is reconnecting with people. So really that first strategy is, again, uh, and you guys talk lots on the podcast about vulnerability, but kind of cracking open that hard shell inside or on the outside and asking yourself, dissecting. What am I like when I'm stressed? What are my cues that I'm stressed? And what works in certain situations? And what doesn't work? Um, so that's kind of the first really important part is knowing yourself and knowing how you react to stress. Uh, the second part of that is, and I feel like through the pandemic, this has been plastered on social media and Instagram and across commercials, but it truly is the basics of taking care of yourself. So proper nutrition, fueling your body right most of the time. I love sweets and pastries, so I do indulge and that's okay. <laughs> um, so fueling your body right, eating between the lines, as I say most of the time, um, hydrating yourself well, getting good rest, and then the other pieces to that are saying no, setting boundaries. So clearing things off your plate that are causing you added stress. 
taking time to clear the plate and do only what's necessary. Uh, pay attention to your self-talk. So what are we telling ourselves about ourselves? What are we telling ourselves about the world around us? I know for me, uh, I pay particular attention to the content of my social media or the TV that I'm indulging in because, you know, there's so many lovely parts to TV and media, but sometimes I think, I know for myself, I can find myself down a rabbit hole and if I'm already stressed, it's not helpful. You know, it's not helpful to go on Instagram and see uh, all the awesome pictures of craft people have done with their kids. And I'm like, I barely got pants on today. I can't do that. <laughs> so, you know, just to that. really, yeah, yeah. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being so mindful about what are we filling our content with. And sometimes we need to tune out and turn off to really tune in to ourselves. Um, And the other thing that is so very important is to do things that bring you joy. Um, I have to tell you, I am, and I'm not sure if I'm the only one, but I do find that I am of the few left that still make phone calls. (laughs) And what truly brings me joy is to phone people and talk to them on the phone. And actually my parents the other day said, we're going to get rid of the landline. And I was like, what? I can't get rid of the landline. And they said, you are the only person that calls it. (laughs) But so, you know, finding those things that bring you like deep joy in your heart, whether it's reading stories with your child, taking a minute to feel the cool breeze on your cheeks or calling someone, hearing someone's voice. Fill your your day, your time with joyful things. And that is how you're going to get through stress. Um, Because it's always going to come at us. There's always going to be, you know, stress that comes to our lives in waves, sometimes big, sometimes small. And really, it's like sunscreen. Before we go in the sun, we apply sunscreen when we're getting stressed or if we know we're going to be experiencing increased stress, mm-hmm. we apply coping, find joy and increase coping. So I am so curious, <laughs> Britain, because your level of self-awareness is, um, I, I'm jealous of how high it is. I'm enviable of it. And I, I crave to have, a level of self-awareness that you have. And you know that Lisa and I spend um, a significant amount of time around building habits and habit formation. And so I'm just wondering if you would share with us a little bit about how you have built some of these habits, um, you know, that align with self-awareness that really contribute to how you now tackle and manage stress. Yeah, so I have two habits that I have done for a very long time uh, that are like, uh, they're like the cornerstone of my coping. Uh, The first one is uh, physical movement. 
So I commit to myself every day that I'm going to spend half an hour doing something physical. No commitment to the level of intensity. Sometimes <laughs> it's uh, walking the dog outside. Sometimes it might be running on the treadmill. Um, and I know for myself that both physically that keeps my body healthy and mentally it keeps my mind strong. Um, you know, at the end of physical activity, I feel physically and mentally refreshed. Oftentimes it's outdoors, so I've engaged my senses. Um, I feel more grounded because I've gotten fresh air um, in the wintertime, listen to the wind whip around, <laughs> and in the summertime, uh, listen to the birds. So it really, that's a habit that is just ingrained, and that's what I do. And that's something I reach to on difficult days. You know, on a difficult day, you might... I, I, to be honest, some days I ride my bike to work, which is a 40 kilometer bike ride, because I know that I need that mental preparation, or I need to clear that much mental space for the level of stress I'm going to experience. So I kind of use it as a gauge. Um, how much physical exercise do I need to do to get through? Um, and then the second thing that I do is and I've done this, uh, you know, since I was a late teen, uh, early adult, young adult. Um, when things start to feel, when stress starts to feel really big and things feel, might feel out of control or uh, quite challenging because they have lots of moving parts, um, I find myself, and uh I don't know if people in my community ever noticed that I do this, but they might be like, oh, wow, that's a touch odd. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes you might drive by and see me just standing on my doorstep. And really the practice is I find the moon or I find the sun. And I remind myself, and it, and it really is a, a very simple mindfulness activity. And I find the moon or I find the sun and just grounding and seeing the moon or the sun helps me recognize and realize that um, you know all of us can look up and see the moon or the sun at the same time together we are all interconnected and that I am not alone and uh, I've spent a lot of time overseas and the practice of finding the moon or the sun has been so integral in uh, helping me maintain that feeling of connected connectedness when I have felt alone or really distant from people. So, you know, I have a physical habit. I also have a mindful um, meditation habit that I do. So if you ever drive by and I'm standing on the doorstep, it's a <laughs> cute thing. are a bit chaotic and I'm trying to ground myself. Good to know. So I know if I see you on the highway or I see you on your front step, you're carrying yeah. some big emotions right now. You got it. You got it. So, yes. My husband always knows, like, if I say I'm going to be biking to Esterhazy, oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, 
this has been, I don't know about you, Angie, but I have found this little chat with you, Britain, to be incredibly enlightening. I wanted to take notes and I right? actually at one point forgot that like we were responsible for keeping this conversation going because I just wanted to just sit here and listen like I was in a webinar or something. So <laughs> um, this has just been so awesome. And we hope that you would be willing to uh, do a little thing we like to call wind things up before we wind things down weather will style. Are you sure? In? Yeah, I'm in. Okay, so we have 10 questions that we've prepared for you and you have 60 seconds to answer them. Do you think you can do it? Sure can. I'll give it a try. A okay, do you need a sip of Prosecco before we start? Yeah. I'll join you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Start. Ready? Mm-hmm. Go. Your favorite mantra or affirmation that you use daily? I can. Your favorite movie? Uh, Harry Potter. Yes. And YouTube. What advice would you give your teenage self? Uh, don't take yourself so seriously. Bucket list destination. Ooh. Um, well, I would love to go to the Galapagos Islands. Yes. Nice. Yes. You talked a lot about yeah. joy. What brings you joy, Britain? Ah, uh, what brings me joy? Um, reading stories with my son at night. The quiet time where we share stories. Mm, I love that. Your favorite song? Ooh, I'm not really a music person. I hate to admit that. But I do love a good uh, Dance Mix 95 pump up jam. Yes. Yes. Like yes. A category. <laughs> yes. How about a pet peeve? Oh, eating peanut butter or jam out of the jar with a spoon. <laughs> Very specific. What is, what is a bad habit that you can't shake? Oh, snacking in bed. <laughs> You listed a couple of great habits. Which one is your favorite? Uh, spending time outside. Mm -hmm. Who inspires you? Uh, my mom. Aww. Yeah. Nice. How do we do? Well, I Ooh, mean, no, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we, we did it in like, I mean, your answers were beautiful. And so you took double the time, but it was double the joy with all your answers. So I, I feel like it's a win-win. Okay. Yeah. And I keep forgetting that it's like supposed to be timed and I like wallowing or soaking up your answers and then like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be timed. So but very well done. Well, mm. once again, Britain, I just, I think you're absolutely lovely. You have shared so much wonderful wisdom with us today. So thank you so much for joining us on Pep Talks and Prosecco. This has just been an absolute thrill. 
Well, you're welcome. It was so amazing. Uh, and I'm absolutely honored to get to chat with you guys. So thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers ladies. All right. <laughs> I could just listen to Britain talk like for hours. Mm -hmm. Just, just even how she speaks is just so calming and reassuring. And I think for me, Lisa, what I appreciated most about this interview was she kept things so basic yes. and simple and gave ideas and suggestions and strategies and tools that you could implement within the next five seconds. Yeah. And yet they're small. They would have such big impact on your life if you implemented those as, as daily habits. And I keep going back to two things that really have remained with me. And that first one is that analogy around the muck and, yes. and how she portrayed that with regards to the big emotions. And then also how she shared that um, with regards to stress as well. I, that has just resonated with me profoundly. And the other piece that, and you and I, we work lots with our clients around this. We focus a lot of our workshops around this. And this is messaging that we do continually. But just to hear her speak, it was just further affirmation is, it is so important to have a high um, sense of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And once you have that, it just opens up so many other strategies and tools and resources that you have access to and how you navigate and make your way through life. And um, I, like I said to her in the interview, I'm, I'm envious of how high her self-awareness is, but now I'm motivated and I'm inspired by her for me to keep working on my own personal self-awareness. So Britton, thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. We loved every single moment and we know for a fact our listeners are going to think that this is an amazing episode as well. Cheers. Cheers. Hold the freaking presses. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Are you guys getting a little bit tired about feeling stuck all the time? Guess what? Lisa and I have been stuck many, many times. So many times. And we found ways to get unstuck. So Lisa, tell them how we can help them out. Well, we want to be your wing women by offering you a 30 minute free virtual consultation with us. So if that sounds something like you're interested in, head on over to our website, weatherwill.com and sign up for that consultation today. Cheers. Cheers.